Welcome along to this, the second podcast in EdTech People. We've got a great episode for you tonight with Beth from Arbor, where we talk all things EdTech around MISs and cloud MISs and the move to it. We've got some fantastic insights from Beth and her time at Arbor, and I'm really excited uh, for you to listen to that. Uh, if you've got any feedback on the podcast or if you'd like to be a guest, don't forget you can just reach out to me on social media. Um, or you can visit my website, which is mattian.co.uk, and uh, give us um, some feedback and contact us there. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hello and welcome back to our EdTech People podcast. Tonight we're lucky enough to be joined by Beth, Beth from Arbor, as she is in my mobile phone. Um, so it's great to have you on here, Beth. Thank you for agreeing to do it. Yeah, thank you for having me. So as you know, um, this is all about getting to know you and your views on EdTech and all about uh, what you get up to. Um, so obviously, going from Beth from Arbor, we know that you're you're there from uh, Arbor. That's where you you spend your time working, um, and uh, that's a very exciting place to be at the moment. The whole MIS market, isn't it? It's I'm sure you're very busy. Yeah, it's been a busy few months for sure. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a good place to be right now. Excellent. So, um, for those who uh, don't know what you do at Arbor, I know you're proper titles partnership manager is that correct um i think it was at one point it's um it's actually channel development manager right now but um oh wow equally meaningless um but yeah what (laughs) what i actually do um is i look after partners basically so um arbor has a variety of different partners we have support units um we have referral partners who introduce us to new schools um we have integration partners obviously and that's a big part of, of what we do um, and then some people kind of cross over some of those boundaries and, and do all three or bits of bits of one or two of those things. And we also work with quite a few people um, who kind of don't fall into one of those categories. So ed tech specialists, consultants, the odd uh, man in a van um, who goes around helping helping schools in Cornwall um, with their IT. You know, so everyone in between, really, we just like to kind of um, we think things are better for schools when the people and the companies that they work with work together and speak to each other. So my job is kind of to make that happen as much as possible. Brilliant. So we've obviously known each other for a couple of years now, I think, uh, through yeah. Lords IT, where we got accredited. And yeah. now um, through Concero, where we've just got accredited as well. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. been a really exciting journey. Yeah, you're taking Arbor wherever you go. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. But weirdly, uh, it's not the one that uh, I u- I've used the most in, in the proper role, but it's definitely the one that I like the most. And, and of, um, it's definitely the one that um, I think is really exciting in terms of where it's going. I've seen some of the announcements recently and also it's been really good to see a company react to help uh, schools in in this such a big change for them in around MISs. Um, You know moving from Sims is a huge jump for schools Um, but uh, how are you finding uh, maybe not just you but also the people that you work with how are you finding um, schools are interacting with that change and and preparing themselves for it? Has there been a a real takeoff in people going oh yeah actually this is something I want to do because it wasn't like that at the start I'm sure. Yeah no definitely um well I mean to give a bit of context when I first joined Arbor about four and a half five years ago um I think we had about 300 schools um when I first joined so that was in 2017 um and um I was in the sales development team at that time so I was basically calling schools and mats and trying to book meetings with them trying to get them to have a look at Arbor and we would initially do that by um by speaking to them about another product that Arbor had at the time, we still do have called uh, Arbor Insight, which is like performance reports. So it's reports on schools' annual data. We, we're a DFE accredited partner for that. So we get that data and we put it into um, nice kind of colourful, simple reports so that schools can look at their performance and benchmark against other schools. Um, and we do them for maths as well. So that was going really well. And it's quite a cheap product and it was quite easy to get into a lot of schools. So I think we had around 9,000 schools using that at the time. So we would kind of call them up. We would talk to them about that. We'd say, how are you getting on with your reports? 
by the way, do you want to move MIS anytime soon? <laughs> and the reaction was just like horror. Um, yeah. No, you know, I know Sims. I've used it my whole life. I can't imagine using anything else. And it was really hard to get in the door. And we, but we started to gradually, you know, one by one, you'd speak to a school every now and again that would say, well, go on then. Yeah, actually, it doesn't really work that well for us. And um, we really love the reports. We love what you do with those. So, yeah, we'll have a look at what you could do for our kind of live um, in-year data. And so that was how we were kind of getting into schools. And it was really quite sort of one by one. We started to get smaller mats moving to Arbor and, and some secondaries. Um, but then I think two things happened. One was the academy movement started to really pick up and, and you started to get much bigger multi-academy trusts um, and multi-academy companies forming um, and starting to merge with each other and things like that as well. And more and more schools academizing. And that gave them more choice. So it yeah. meant a lot of schools for the first time they were looking at contracts and or rather their, the, the CFO of their map was looking at their contracts and saying, <laughs> hang on a minute, we're paying what? So um, so that started to open things up a lot for us. Um, and then the other thing was was the partnerships. Um, certainly from my, from my perspective anyway, that was a big thing. So we, we kind of started to reach out to local authorities and to support units who previously had only worked with SIMS. Um, and they were quite um, they were quite sort of difficult to bring on side initially you know again there's a lot of people who'd worked with him for a long time but um but gradually again we sort of won them over I think but partly by the product and partly by hopefully being a better company to work with um and and kind of fulfilling our commitments and we're now in a place where especially over the last sort of six months um admittedly not only due to our own merit but also due to <laughs> pretty bad missteps by one of our major competitors um we have uh, brought on around a thousand schools. I think it might be more like twelve hundred now um, in the last six months, which has been huge and amazing. And I can't complain, but I have been very, very busy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, everyone in Arbor, particularly the the support and delivery teams. So um, that's been lovely to see. It's been lovely to see schools kind of having that choice and actually kind of. I don't want to say forced into making a move, but I suppose it, it gave them a reason and a deadline to do it. So. Um, so and once they did, they they found there were you know lots of benefits and 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 they were actually embracing it. Um, so that's been really nice to see. But like I say, it, it sort of feels like a shame that that had to happen in such a rush. Um, and right off the back of COVID as well, and a lot of schools moving in a rush because of that and wanting to get in the cloud. So it feels like a lot of schools have moved, not always on their own terms, but they're enjoying it now that they've done it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a few points to pick out there. I think it is. Yeah as with a lot of things at the moment in ed tech it is a perfect storm um and you had this move to cloud during the pandemic um yeah. just before the pandemic as you said you had the growth and emergence of multi-academies who had been around for a little while but just started to start to look at what they're buying and how they're buying it and how they can interlink and of course an mis that allows them to compare and contrast and get all the data in one place is 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 absolutely essential for them um and then and then of course you know pandemic and people going home and not being able to access any of their assessment data or any of the information that they needed on their devices from home now you've got this situation where um es and sims or whoever owns them these days are um are forcing schools into such a horrible situation with the three-year contracts and i appreciate i can say that you you possibly can't <laughs> say that out loud but the i think um you're right in a way and i, I wonder how pre prevalent this is for you because all those three things that have, have forced schools into taking on it are you seeing schools doing it as following what others are doing and because they they have no choice or are you seeing schools really engage and if 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 that engagement in the product um doesn't happen straight away is it something that you're seeing being picked up a few months down the line as they start to use it a bit more and go crikey i didn't realize it did all this yeah that's such a good question and i think there are a couple parts to it so there's the sort of why are schools um switching and what's making them actually do that and and you're right often that is because other schools in their area have started to do it um, and it kind of reaches a critical mass i guess where and I, I was actually speaking to one of our partners in hampshire earlier today which is one of the areas where if you look two years back we had one school um, yeah. Bronzy primary school big up Bronzy <laughs> primary school first authority maintained school in hampshire to to make the move and um, and then now we have 150 schools in that area. And the, the partner that I spoke to earlier was just saying, you know, it, it's great because 
you know a couple of years ago I was speaking to schools and trying to get them to have a look at Arbor and they were just really kind of not sure what it was now when I go in they're like oh Arbor yeah that other school down the road has it and they really like it so it's not as much of a you're pushing on a bit more of an open door I guess so that definitely helps that we've kind of reached that momentum um but I think also um having those those partnerships has played a big role because um for some schools they, they were never going to do it unless their local authority said that it was okay yeah <laughs> uh, and um, so that's made a big difference. And and for others, they they really value um, the support that they that they get from either a local authority or from from another kind of support unit. Um, and they just couldn't kind of foresee such a big change to their technology without having that support. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, they're they're educators. They're not. You know, I think it was really interesting what you touched on in your last um, podcast with Sam that you know every role in school is kind of having to start to interact with technology more you can't opt out of that anymore um but at the same time I think we need to treat IT as a specialism um and I think schools you know a lot of schools do really recognize that and they they recognize the value that they get from the support and they don't want to lose it so I think um having the partnerships in place is is has played a big role and then yeah it's been external factors it's been covid and it's been um the the change to three-year contracts from sims which a lot of schools um have not wanted to do shall we say no. <laughs> i think i think that's we, safe to say yeah absolutely and uh, it was so if they'd done it three years ago nobody probably would have battered an eyelid because mm-hmm. nobody could see an alternative out yeah. on the market for it and thought they'd be with sims forever but let's take the bulls by the horns as it were and you know acknowledge that Sims has been the market leader for quite a long time, um, but it hasn't gone anywhere. Now, I, I remember um, I was working closely with Scomis, who I know your your partners with, and a great team down in Devon when I was with Lords IT. And um, as part of that, we got one of our guys got to go and see the development of the new version of Sims, and. Um, they, they saw it. I can't talk about it because they, they had to sign all kinds of legal documentation, but I know that they they saw it and then, you know, went to bed and was asking the questions and saw it at some of the SCOMIS events that they put on and it's kind of disappeared. And there, there is literally no uh, product there. Now, even those diehard Sims fans, I think, are now at the point where, you know, they're ready, they're, yeah. they understand that that product isn't going for there. And it was interesting on a point you just touched on as well about that loyalty to people and support units. Now, uh, I, being one of those support units um, for Sims and whatever, um, something that I've always noticed is that uh, certainly around the more complicated stuff, you build up a relationship with the person in the school that do that does that that individual role so build up that relationship with the timetabler maybe the person who's doing attendance and the the one that admits students and all those different areas on it but there's still such a wide base of people that you have to talk to in the school because the MIS touches every role there's nobody in the school who can't do it but I think some of those people in that aren't ed tech specialists that Mm. have been using the MIS for so long Mm. they're they're now reaching a point where they go, oh, I'm seeing colleagues do this. I'm seeing other people in other schools do this. Yeah. And maybe it is a bit easier. <laughs> you know, maybe it is. Maybe it does just yeah. work. And yeah. I don't have to rely on updates or anything like that. So I quite often have the conversation with schools and I'm like, oh, you know, about going to an MIS and a cloud. What yeah. you know, we use Sims, it's fine. I don't really want our access at home. I've had enough when I go home, but particularly in the <laughs> primary schools. Yeah. But, then, but then you point out, oh, actually, you don't need a server. Don't need to do an update. And what I, what I love that is not just because I hate doing updates and you know having servers okay. around is the fact that I can actually focus and those people can actually focus on using the product yeah. and not managing the product. Yeah. And I think that's a really big difference. And um, yeah. you know, over yeah. last summer we had like loads of twelve schools that we migrated to a cloud MIS and and um, in one go, and then we we did several with Arbor as well. I think we did six mm-hmm. or seven in the end. And actually, that was really fun to see. I, and, yeah. I, and that's a bit geeky, isn't it? But it was really funny, fun to see them suddenly go, wow, this data, that's just happened. It's on my screen. I don't have to run any reports. And you're like, no. Honestly, the sweetest thing. We have um, we have a Slack channel at Arbor. Like, it's like a team channel, I guess, where yeah. we, um, it's called Happy Clients and people just posting <laughs> their little quotes from people. And you just so often get things like, um, you know, schools just actually clapping their hands or like open mouthed in training sessions. I'm not saying they're all like that, but um, <laughs> a lot of, you know, actual open mouthed amazement, which is lovely. The, the nicest quote that I've ever had from, this is actually from a partner, um, a guy called Carl from MGL World up in Liverpool. And he said, um, it's like if you've been eating rice pudding, 
for your whole life and then somebody gives you a sticky toffee pudding with custard and you're just like oh, this is just about. and I thought yeah that's lovely because st- sticky toffee pudding is my favorite favorite dessert so I, I like that anything um, that puts it alongside food makes it a winner for me as well you know so <laughs> I think I'm just I think delight is the word you're just trying to not just and I think again um in your last um podcast Sam said I thought it was really interesting you asked him what's the one um tool that you'd want to get rid of I think from EdTech what's the one thing you'd want to kill basically <laughs> It was yeah, like, and he said, never seen a good MIS. <laughs> I almost <laughs> piped in and said, hang on a minute. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Everything that well, that went well. <laughs> um, so I thought I've got to change his mind. So I think it's that thing, of, if you've always had this view of an MIS being just a back office, you know, admin tool that's used by one person in the school, you've got your Sims expert who, who knows how to use it. And they're just like the Sims whisperer and they do everything to do with Sims. Um, you've got to really change that mindset when you move to Arbor firstly and you know you asked me about um how's that going in terms of uh, if you've got schools who've made that decision in a bit of a rush how do they actually find it when they start using it and it is a challenge especially if some members of the, the team haven't been fully on board with that decision which happens you know but I think it's it's about that mindset change of this is not just for one person this is for everyone in the school as you said teachers will use this more than just for taking the register they're going to use it to get an overview of their class and um, they're going to be able to see what behavior they've had that day and whether they've got any pastoral notes that day uh, sort of on one screen they're going to be able to you know take the register maybe just by having them sit down look at a seating plan on the board and then tick them off as they walk around get them started off with a task rather than having to you know I mean in primary school some some are still doing paper registers and then carrying it down the corridor and somebody is typing that up into sims which is just beyond belief but you've got to kind of be ready for that change and um and i think um we do sometimes get schools that at the point of migration are still not quite ready for that change but we get them there you know we've got a really strong um project management um team now and kind of um a digital onboarding team as well that sort of plan out that journey how does that actually feel for schools in reality not in ideal how we would like schools to work but the actual users that we meet and that we deal with in schools how do they find it when they first log into arbor what kind of tasks are they doing on a daily basis what do they need to get done on day one and they build those kind of journeys around that so for example at the moment one of the things i'm really excited about is there's, they're going to put um, kind of digital engagement into in-app so that when you log into Arbor for your first time, you'll get one of those little, you know, get it on any app that you get on your phone. It will say take a tour um, yeah. and it'll click you around different parts of the screen and show you where you can do the most common things you'll want to do in that app. So they're, they're building that in Arbor now, the digital engagement team. Brilliant. So you can actually, you know, just on your day one when you log in, you can kind of orient yourself without having to necessarily have had um, a huge training session on it. You, you just kind of know where to go. So I think things like that are, are what's going to um, what's going to help uh, the, the number of schools that we've got coming on board over the next few months. Um, just yeah, get to grips with it as soon as they can. So there's a few questions off that then, and this is really interesting. I think the first one I want to touch on is that. Uh, feeling that the MIS, so that product that, you're, that you've chosen to go into to sell, and um, I noticed I've just got your LinkedIn in front of me because I've done my research. Obviously, uh, I noticed that you're chair of governors at a school. Yeah. Um, what's a sen- senior choral scholar? That sounds impressive. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yes. When I was at university, I spent a lot more time singing and drinking than I did actually working. So that, ah, was, that was the singing part of that, which was. Um, uh, I was in a choir um, at at, uh, at university, and I was the the senior choral scholar, senior choral scholar, which basically means I was supposed to organise the music library and um, look after the port, um, and I did a great job. <laughs> Good, I'm glad to see at Oxford, no no less. So yeah, yeah I was, uh, <laughs> talking to somebody who's got no qualifications, never went to uni or anything like that. That's I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't know how any of that works. But um, so yeah, you're a chair, a chair of governors, and so yeah. obviously you're you're um, that's a local school probably that you've got connections to as well. And one of the things that you mentioned in that was the difference that an MIS can now make in mm. the classroom. And now yeah. that's something I'd like to touch on because, as you rightly said, for years it's just been a tool to take registers. And yeah. the only people who ever look at Sims reports are those that are trying to move up from middle management up school business managers who have to to actually get the information out and often it's not right in a lot of schools as well and then senior leadership just just went off to the called or something like that it's not a common 
thing to do. And actually what they're looking at more and more for when they're doing it is how can I get something to pull that data out and make it easy for me outside of it? So I know certainly for the last probably uh, seven or eight years when I've been working with schools, I've been choosing the right bits to plug on top of uh, sims to use the data from one location but make it a bit better and that's yep. worked in the classroom so I'm talking things like um, one of my favorites is ePraise um, and Ben who's who's made that in a lot of schools yep. and that's all about assessment and achievement really 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 well but you've got loads of other tools of course that, that plumb in and get the data out so now we've got these MISs mm. that we can access anywhere and anytime as a teacher Mm -hmm. And we can use them in the classroom. And obviously, when we're trying to understand context, I think is a key term around students and around their learning and development. What what excites you about that? You know, what 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 part of that do you think? Because I walk past the classroom and I'll go, oh, they're using that projector. They they're walking around wirelessly with a laptop because of the network infrastructure I've put in. Which bit? Yeah. What, what what do you feel like if you were walking down a corridor and there wasn't a pandemic and that kind of stuff? <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, um, one one example is about from from the school that I'm a governor at, um, Clapgate, great school, um, and they they actually have Arbor. I should say I was not part of that decision. I'll <laughs> um, make that very clear. Nothing to do with it, but they do have Arbor. And we were talking um, in our governors' meeting last week about um, attendance, and it's been really it's always been a difficult thing for the school, but um, particularly at the moment, as I imagine it is for, for a lot of schools. Um, and how we can improve it. And, and the staff were just saying, you know, that they really want to see all teachers and all staff in the school kind of taking more responsibility for that. It's not just the office manager's job to know um, or the attendance officer's job to know what our attendance statistics are and which which children are persistently absent. It should be everybody's job in the school. And um, she actually said, you know, now on our, but because when people log in on that home page, it gives you straight away the whole school statistics and then you can really easily click to see your own classes. It just means that, you know, nobody has to pull a report off for you. You don't have to know how to do a report to find out what your attendance is across the school. It's right in front of you. Um, and you can dig down into that if you want to um, in a few clicks and kind of see down to the individual pupil level what's going on with, with them in, in the school today. Um, and I think that's huge because it just it just puts that data, at, you know, at their fingertips. It's such an overused phrase, but I think it really does. Um, so that's one example. Um, and another would probably be um, on just, you know, as I mentioned there, if you're if you're um, leading a class in Arbor, maybe you're a supply teacher, for example, and obviously that's always a really hard job. Or you're, even if you're just maybe if you're a member of staff at the school, but you're taking over a lesson for a colleague, knowing what they were planning to teach and what students you've got in front of you, um, thinking more in a secondary school now, and kind of what their day has been like would be really difficult um, in in some MISs. In Arbor, you've got a lesson dashboard, so you can basically just see, OK, at a glance, you can see whether anybody's had behaviour points already that day. So are they having, you know, you've got pupils that you might look at and you might think they are having a tough day. So I'm going to give them opportunities to I'm gonna reinforce the positive behaviour in, in this lesson as much as I possibly can. Or um, they've just come out from, um, you know, a peripatetic lesson or something. So I need to get them really back into the zone and back into learning. You, just that information you can kind of have a touch of your fingers. I think what would be great in future would be to have partnerships, you know, deep partnerships with companies um, who are doing things around safeguarding, perhaps something like CPOMS, Impero, um, My Concern, or who are uh, maybe that sort of filtering that the that, um, companies like Smoothwall do, you know, so that you could have, for example, picking up on um, children who might be viewing content that, that is sensitive mm. and flagging that within the MIS so that whoever is logged into Arbor at that moment gets that notification and can can go and look in the, in the relevant system at what, what's happening. So those kind of deeper partnerships, which at the moment we've, we've started to do with things like assessment, we've got a really good deep partnership with um, some assessment tools, um, but we haven't we haven't kind of stepped into that, that other world of, of, of things like the safeguarding and behavior and so on. And I think that, that would be brilliant something we've talked about but um not not quite got there yet but I think yeah th there's lots of kind of um lots that can be gained from sharing data between uh, edtech companies and and surfacing it to users so that they can actually take action with that definitely do you know that's I was just uh, thinking as you were saying that I was lining up my next question that I've got written down and you, you've you just touched on it perfectly so it's almost like we've planned this well done <laughs> <laughs> we can put out that idea so one of the things I found out when, um, because the multi-academy that I used to work with, as you well know, went for Bromcom, so, you know, we can be 
we can be fair. Um, <laughs> you know, they went uh, 12 schools went to it once. And one of the things that we found when we was moving to it, and I'm sure this is true for Arbor as well, is one of the benefits is moving away from lots of external uh, different tools and having it all in one location, as you've just said. One of the things though that perhaps worries me a little bit with that kind of method is that you lose the specialism in some of those areas. So for example, with Bromcom, they've got um, the safeguarding tool built mm -hmm. into it. I don't know. I don't actually don't know if Arbor's got, I just tell people to get accredited in it. I don't know if, it, if it's there <laughs> or not myself at this point, but yeah. the, um, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't any good. Uh, mm. Not because, not because it wasn't a good thought and good to go in good places or anything like that, but because it wasn't in depth enough. And yeah. there was quite a few elements of that, that were that the answer was, yeah, we do that. But actually, when you compare it to your My Concerns and your CPOMs and your others, there yeah. isn't that level of depth that you perhaps are aware of um, with, with those that are focusing on, and that's their core thing. So my question was going to be, how do we avoid losing those specialisms and then becoming yeah. all within one product but you've kind of just answered that by saying it's all about the link linking up and yeah. integration yeah I mean I would say that right because I work in partnerships and yeah that's what <laughs> um but I absolutely do believe that um and I think um Arbor as a company we've always had that approach so um our API is free to use we support it for free um we think that schools should be able to choose the technology that works best for them and the and the support that works best for them um you know and that we should just work with that so yeah there's a lot of things you can replace with arbor um assessments is one of them um behavior and so on um communications is a big one payments things like that a lot you can bring in but that doesn't mean that we don't work with other companies it doesn't mean that we don't integrate with um you know parent pay even which is a you know competitor we, we still want to make sure that we have those integrations in place so that schools can use the tools um, that they've already got, you know, especially often with those parental things, they've just got parents to adopt it. There was, they've had this huge slog to get all their parents on whatever app they're using. They do not want to turn around and say, actually, we've changed our mind <laughs> to use something else. Um, so, you know, meeting them where they're at, I guess, and, and just making sure that, um, that the data just works in the background and that that it's not a hassle to them. And I think there's still a long way to go on that because, you know, we're trying to have a really open approach to integration, but it does still take work to do. Um, it's not instant. You can't just snap your fingers. It takes development work and project management to make sure that that works really well and that it, you know, it's, it's sensitive data often. You don't want to get that wrong. So um, we're always we're always working on that and trying to find are you, are you seeing that? Um, those that you want to work with are embracing that because from a, from an end user point of view, um, for example, Brom, uh, Bromcom and, and ParentPay didn't mm. play nicely together. Yes, mm. it was possible, but actually it caused humongous issues at the start of the year and it suddenly clicked, you know, all right, yeah, ParentPay now own Sims and yeah. that that's, that's yeah. a different thing. But yeah. I mean, even some of the other products, is there a want to integrate with you? Do you find I, I appreciate it? It's probably 50-50 yeah. or something, but is there an overriding view? Do you know what? It's, it's got easier in the same way that working with support partners has got easier. And um, you know, yeah. like I said, a few years ago, I was kind of contacting local authorities and saying, please come and have a look at Arbor. Please let me just spend minutes <laughs> telling you why it's great. Um, and now they're contacting us. And it's the same with integrations. Um, it used to be really hard work because they would just look at Arbor's customer base and say, well, you've got three, 400 schools. It's kind of not worth it. Um, but now we've got 3,000 schools. <laughs> it does feel worth it. Um, yeah, and they can imagine that. Yeah, they can see that schools are are moving as well. So um, it's a lot easier. Um, but yeah, there's still kind of all those competitive tensions and um, that can sometimes get in the way um, of something that could be good for schools, which is a shame. But we we try wherever we can to, to kind of overcome that. And um, yeah. And, well, and I, I think right. that's a really interesting point because it, it must be hard looking at it from the other view you're there and you, you've made this product say around assessment or achievement or something like that and you've you've worked hard for years on it and yeah. you've got it to suddenly being using and then you've got this player coming to the market that does it and they're always used to maybe sims doing it and being able to better sims quite easily yeah. and yeah. now they've got somebody who's coming in and and from the ground up has been designed around bringing everything together making it as easy to use yeah. as possible and all connected so from their their views, I can totally see like, ah, oh, this could be, you know, game changing in a bad way. Yeah. But there's also massive potential there because ultimately 
if you guys see a product out there, and I'm surprised I haven't seen more of this, maybe I just haven't been looking, that's, that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a chance to, and have we seen uh, people like Arbor, Bromcom, Iris, um, who do EdGen, bringing mm-hmm. in external tools into their, their fold and integrating yeah. them and owning them? I think, I don't know if I would say we've seen it successfully. Um, we've seen it. I think if you look at Juniper Education, um, they've um, certainly brought a lot of um, tools into their, uh, yeah. you know, their umbrella. I think Iris have brought up quite a lot of different things as well. Um, they now have the challenge of making them all work together, and making yes. them all actually integrate in, in, in practice, which is not the same as drawing a nice marketing diagram and saying, look, <laughs> look these work together. Um, we bought them all, so it's true. <laughs> um, that's that's me being cynical. Um, but no, I think like it's if they can make them all work together, great. And if it works for schools, then brilliant. Um, I think there's just room for for more competition. And I think like, yeah, some of those smaller apps might um, struggle to kind of justify um, their, their subscription costs in the same way that some support units will. Um, but ultimately that competition has got to be good for schools and that's the point and that's why we're all here um so and I don't think that jobs will be lost because I think they'll just move um you know like the support units um we have seen some smaller ones um kind of uh, shutting up shop um not just lords actually I wasn't thinking about lords (laughs) you smiled and you made me think yeah Um, there were a couple of others that that kind of um closed down recently and I know those people have just gone on to different um different yeah. points, like in your case and um so and I was really pleased when you moved to Consira because that was a company I'd admired for a long time so I think the, the people will just move around the skills will stay hopefully um but um but yeah I think there's a lot of kind of upheaval probably still to come definitely and I, I think it's interesting as well because typically those people with the skills in the sims are, are probably coming to the end of their working life now really you know it's been around for so long and actually mm. I'm really hoping that these new people who are coming into schools and looking at this and the data managers and the the those experts for being school office managers you, we mm. don't have to make schools afford specialists in that software anymore we don't need them mm. to be a specialist in sims we need them to be able to do their job and then use a product that supports them to yeah. do their job yeah, I do. I do know what you're saying around some people of a certain generation who are kind of approaching retirement, maybe, and and I can see why that might um, kind of precipitate a change. But at the same time, I think there are lots of younger people who struggle with tech, and there are lots of older people who really embrace it. I mean, I'm just thinking that some of the the warmest, um, most evangelistic people about Arbor that I can think of are um, the team at uh, Bradford Council, Bradford Local Authority. Yeah. And, um, I don't think they would mind me saying that they're there. It's a team of three, three or four ladies of a certain age. Um, and they are they were just brilliant from the start. They were just completely on board with it. And they had all used Sims for, you know, 20 years. Um, but they just saw that, you know, they saw that schools were asking for it um for, for Arbor and they, and they just kind of I don't know they just had that mindset of well schools are asking for it we're going to do it we're going to do it right and I think that's the thing really if you've got that mindset of change is coming so let's get on board then then it doesn't matter what age you are you can learn new new systems oh, new things but if you don't then it's really it can be really hard to change that and do you know what is you're right you're absolutely right you know some of the school business managers that I've worked with have been the people most um engage with change because they can see the benefits because they have that whole view generally school business leaders school business managers who whatever you know their job title is they've got the whole view of the school and they can really see the benefit and actually they're some of the people who really paved the way for a cloud mis by going cloud for their finance software quite early yeah. mm-hmm. um so you know when people have turned out said oh you're not worried about taking off site often they're the people in the meetings i hear pipe up and go well so-and-so system is in the cloud so I don't see why this should be any issue yeah yeah and for a school business manager um if anything especially one that's approaching retirement and maybe wanting to step back a little bit cloud MIS is a dream you can work one or two days a week from home <laughs> you yeah. can get your work done and, and and have a bit more you know work-life balance which is not as easy for, for teachers say in the school but for the support staff who, who do work a really stressful job it, it does actually make that possible um so yeah, 100%. I think it's just about mindset. So 
we're in a world where Arbor is is um, you know up there. I, I know there's counterclaim, claim, counterclaim about who's the biggest. But you're both <laughs> you're both pretty big. Let's say you both you're both the recognised brands in the market. I think you know, and Iris Ed Jenner are there with they've taken over iSams and uh, and had mm-hmm. that conversation. So what excites you about the next? few years you've you know you've talked about how it's going to integrate with other products hopefully and 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 those partnerships but if you've got your chair of governors head on rather than your arbor um yeah. channel development manager and you're you're looking at this from um you know an independent yeah. point of view yeah what, what excites you about how it's all going to move forward yeah i think um i think when i think about um ed tech kind of get moving forward obviously i've got no crystal ball but um, the the kind of vision I'd love to see is firstly just schools um, using what's already there um, because there are so many brilliant ed tech tools, um, not just Arbor. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, HR budgets, finance, but also, to, you know, classroom technologies and things that a lot of schools are not um, taking advantage of. So just getting all schools kind of um, more on board with technology. And obviously COVID did a lot help with that but I know that a lot of schools have kind of adopted stuff and then just dropped it when the when the pandemic finished and maybe there were good reasons for that you know um but but maybe there weren't <laughs> um, I was gonna say I, I can't in my head think of and I'm sure you're the same there's a good reason why they would drop stuff but I, I like you know that schools have gone done all the hard work and then yeah. walk back in and just like, well, that's happened. Let's go back to normal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't. I think sometimes it's just you're facing so many challenges, and you've got a limited amount of time yes. and bandwidth, and you just do what you can do. So I totally understand it. But I think, um, you know, that's why that's why support units and um, edtech specialists exist to try and push schools and help them to do more. Um, so I think, yeah, get, getting um, schools to use what's already there, and then um, I, I think up to things like local authorities, governments, and those bigger multi academy trusts that are starting to form kind of making better use of data so um a lot of them will have kind of complex concocted power bi dashboards that are doing very fancy pretty things but are they actually able to use that data i think what would be amazing is if you could get um you know a version of, of arbor's group mis for example or something like that that was kind of at a local authority level and we're quite close to that but you know not just for for mis for, for lots of things if you could kind of aggregate that data um, and put it at the hands of local authorities without schools having to manually return data so without think you know things like you can automate the census i think there's a pilot going on right now for some schools to to just have the census done automatically um to reduce the need for kind of monthly or termly um reports to be sent to the local authority um things like um you know ctfs when you're moving schools you know does there come a point where you can just click a button in the mis and send that mm. to the right school so things like that um kind of i'm looking at countrywide level um uh, uh, what kind of excites me but i think also on the on the you know day-to-day level in schools things like um automation and in, in products and ai just helping i think not not doing the work of professionals but just surfacing the right things at the right time to the right people so you know in into i think really good example is those those filtering that you know internet filtering tools that now are capable of you know taking a screen capture and and not just taking those captures and sending them to someone who will then get 200 a day and be you know won't be able to look through them all but actually looking through them and with ai kind of identifying which ones are most likely to to need to be flagged to that person and doing that you know i I think at the moment a company is doing that through a managed service so they actually somebody company sits and looks through them which is great but you know could there be a future where we're able to do that more easily Um, there there is actually weirdly um Yeah. So, so Sensei, um, who uh, took over the mantle really from Impero, the guy who ran, who made Impero, made mm-hmm. Sensei and it's cloud-based huh? and everything like that. And they've got a tool in there which scans the image using AI and rates, um, rags rates it. And linking into what you said, one of the most simple integrations that they managed to do, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm quite technical, but I, I'm not a product builder, yeah. was a button in there to say, uh, send this image, this capture, through to my concern, um, the the safeguarding software. So, yeah. what's that, what what that's just done is cut out a huge amount of work with yeah. one button. And yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Power Automate in Office 365, and I built built systems there to automate things like trips, and mm-hmm. you know it goes through to the finance team, it goes through to the um, 
the EVC, the, 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 the trip advisor and stuff like that. And he goes through all those people and gets all the approval and sends out all the information, sets up folders and everything like that. And yeah, you're right, actually. That is really exciting about the, the systems that automate stuff and make people's life easier. Yeah. I just want to jump back to a thing that you said earlier on about um, the people that support the product and that they support uh, support desks. Mm. And I think the, the, it's the same for IT generally, actually. And I've been having this conversation at Concero is that now we've changed platforms and stuff like that. Lots of some people have turned and said, oh, it's cloud. You don't need IT support. Somebody else is managing that in the cloud. And mm. I think you do you still need, at least I hope you still need IT support because I'm quite involved in it. But yeah. it's a different type of support. And I've always described that like when I was at Lords and now I'm at Concero is changing those questions from this doesn't work, fix this, to yeah. how do I do this? Yeah. How can I achieve this aim yeah. that I've got here? And how can you help me get there? Yeah, I love that. And I'm super passionate about that. Um, I think um, sometimes schools will ask us, why would I um, go with a support partner when I could just get my support directly from you? You make the product. Why would I go with you know a third party? Um, and there are just so many reasons. One, you know, yeah. the first thing is, is that um, that approach to actually taking the time to say, OK, not just where's this report that I'm used to finding in Sims in this particular place, but um, what are you actually trying to achieve? What is your goal here? And getting them to step back and go from that point to what they actually, you know, to, to the solution, um, which we do at Arbor. But, you know, I think it's it's when you've got a support unit where that is their bread and butter there every day is, is kind of thinking about how schools think and how they need to be supported. Um, you know, they're specialists. It's like we were saying, specialist versus one-stop shop. And I think you want a specialist in support um, and you also want to be able to have one number that you call that has, you know, your IT support that has, yes. that understands, you know, all the technology in your school because it's all interconnected and that understands your users as well. Um, and I think um, the, the other thing is the kind of um, uh, local and kind of more hand holding approach, should we say. So it's not always that you're going to be necessarily down the road from the school and can just pop in. But that that is the case for, for some partners um, that they are, you know, on the ground with those schools and, and can give them some face time, um, which I think for a lot of users makes a big difference. So that's that's one thing. But just the more kind of, um, yeah, hand holding is, I think, the best way to put it kind of approach where if somebody rings up and they're in a flap, which they often are because they want it, you know, they're busy, they want to get it done. Um, just having having the time, I guess, to spend with them to talk it through um, and and letting them sort of work through it, um, which you, you'll get from a, a support partner, um, I think. And I'm not saying that you won't get that from other, but we are going more down the road of kind of digital and, and we put a huge amount of resource into developing our help centre, making sure that articles are up to date and that because the product is constantly developing. So, yeah. you know, our, our resource is going to making sure that Schools can go on our help center and, and they can, you know, access the latest kind of training video on whatever um, module has, has just come out. Um, and then when they do call us, that we can kind of direct them towards that help really quickly and that we're supporting partners as well to do a really good job. So there's kind of both. You, you know, if you're with a partner, you get that second line Arbor support, because if they ever want to, if, you know, if they ever can't solve the problem, they come straight back to us. It's the same as, as kind of going to Arbor's first line, except that you're getting that much more personal approach. You'll get probably the same person that you speak to every time they'll know you by name you know that kind of side of things which is so reassuring to those users who as we said find it really difficult to, to think about change and and have been using the previous system for a long time perhaps and, and really need that mindset change um I think it just like helps to wrap around them a little bit more definitely uh, there's so many similarities there between actual um I was going to say normal IT support versus other support but you know you know what I mean you know in terms of the the, the all-encompassing support and the Arbor support and being an MSP and you know mm -hmm. we support schools um, and it's something that I've had to get used to I, I used to have pretty much all the schools um, around locally you know um, as we got bigger lords and now in Concero you know when we're nationwide that's having to adapt to how we support people who aren't we can't just pop out and help them straight yeah. away necessarily and to do it is is really challenging how mm. people want to access that support you yeah. know some people do just want to have a quick guide and find that some people do need the hand holding and the face to face and I think you know when I've always said we're never going to stop supporting people in schools mm. I, I, people want somebody there to reassure them to yeah. help them to show them 
and yeah. and to understand most importantly the context in what they're yeah. asking their question and I, it's something i always say to my technicians is that whatever somebody asks you if it's not really obvious ask yeah. for a screenshot or ask if you can meet yeah. them yeah because what i quite often find is that they're saying i can't do x and y and then you get a whole picture of their screenshot and realize they've got a bazillion tabs open yeah. in chrome or something like that and and actually they've got all kinds of things and they're not even what they've told you is not what they're doing because they're not experts they're end yeah. users um yeah. and yeah there's so many similarities there and i think it's a real challenge you know how how do people support them but i'm I, i'm agreeing with you down down the route of yeah you know you've got that centralized expertise yeah. But it doesn't replace good customer service on the ground with with the yeah. schools when they need it and how they need it. And so yeah. that's really interesting that we're we're both looking at those kind of roads to go down with and how we deliver it. Because um, exactly. I don't I, know about you, I've never watched a video, even though I tell everybody to watch all of ours. I, I, I'm really I don't even I think the other day I actually um searched youtube for how to change a fuse in a car because obviously i'm technically competent um <laughs> and uh and um you know that was one of the first times i stopped and thought oh i'll just just youtube that to find out but and everybody else like younger i mean i'm only 34 but everybody else younger in the world is like oh yeah just youtube it straight away but like i i wouldn't but yeah, if there's a, if there's a guide i'll read through it yeah, and again, like that's it. It's about giving people options, and um, you know, like even with the accreditation, which um, you know, your teams will have gone through. There's there are videos there for people that want them, um, but there's also like a PDF, a lovely PDF, which is kind of written guide that goes through everything. And I know that people print it out and put it on their desk, you know, like they yes. would print guide and work through it because. And again, like that was us. That was about us meeting people where they were at. And if we'd have just put videos online or just run webinars, then we would have really lost i think quite a few of the people we were trying to win over so it's about giving them the tools that that they need to to kind of get going with it and and then you know you find that they're kind of flying after that and they once they've done the initial accreditation a lot of people kind of just really get the hang of it and they're they're that's why we give partners their own demo sites so they can play with stuff and try to break yes. it you know, and just find out what they find out so yeah, I it, think it's still an aim of mine to break it somehow. I'll keep you uh, in the loop with how that's how that goes. Um, but uh, so just to finish off, then really a couple a couple of of last questions, if I can. And again, I really appreciate your time. So um, we're we're in this world now where things have really changed, and we're, all, we're in the cloud and everything like that. And as you said, I mentioned to Sam a similar similar question. What yeah. I'm, I'm going to be broader because obviously you you know a broader remit of that. What piece of technology do you hate? Oh, or dislike intensely if you don't want to use the hate work hate word. Mm -hmm. This is going to be so controversial, Matt. Yeah, you're going to hate this. Can you guess what it is? No. Teams. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm no. sorry. You're going to have to change. My, we'll have to spend some time together. You can change my mind on this. But Arbor uses Google internally, and I'm just oh, no. I'm just too used to it. But I cannot hack it with Teams. And actually, no, worse than Teams is SharePoint, which I use as a governor. And I don't know if it's just that my school has it set up wrongly or what, but I find it so confusing. So change my mind. Hashtag change my mind. <laughs> well, do you know what I would? But I've I've met, noticed whenever on Twitter I mention about um, the difference between the two, I do get jumped on quite a lot by Google it's, people telling me yeah. quite resolutely that that, that, that I'm yeah. wrong, it's uh, which is fine. It's Palestine kind of level of conflict. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I will have to change your mind. I, it, obviously, people can't see, but we're talking on Teams now. I mean, <laughs> of course we are, because uh, you know all those things that I've got on there, but. Um, oh, that's yeah, that is really uh, bad. But can we both agree that it's better than um, Zoom? Uh, yeah, I think I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 Good. 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 Okay. Um, so, what is your favourite piece of tech in the world? What? What? I, I've just brought a, a robot Hoover, right? Okay. My, my brother lived in China for uh, quite a few, um, couple of years, and he yeah. was teaching out there, and he had one, and. Um, he didn't leave it behind when he went off to another country in Baku he's living now. So yeah. I went out the other day and brought mine and I've got it for Leisha. So <laughs> Felicia and the kids walk out and like she starts up and they're just like, bye Felicia. And uh, yeah. she, 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 she quite often gets stuck, but that's, uh, I really like that because I, I cleaned the house this morning, this week, sorry, every day without having to even try. What's your favorite 
well now that I want that (laughs) (laughs) but um actually no my we've just moved into a new house and we got um a doorbell which has a camera fitted now I realize this is not cutting edge tech like (laughs) this has existed for a long time probably but I cannot get over it because every time I go out or come back like from walking the dog my husband gets a notification and it's like a video of me walking up to the door and it's just captured some really beautiful moments like um the time that the dog ran out into the road and I sprinted after her and then came back with a face like glowering um and and yelled at her and he had no context for why that was and then um another time when my friend turned up to surprise me for my birthday drove all the way from north wales and she just she just put like a box of chocolates on the doorstop and went went around the corner and the the doorbell camera picked like videoed the whole thing of me opening the door wondering where she was going around the corner and then like screaming and hugging and realizing it was her and that was really sweet because now we have a video of that like reunion which is actually a really nice unexpected feature of what was supposed to be a security camera so I like that when tech surprises you yeah definitely right that's some really yeah I've never even thought that I've always (laughs) I've always avoided the doorbell camera um mainly because I don't like answering a door nobody knocks on it other than for a takeaway and I'm always one of those people who's I have got a camera outside and I do I am sat there watching it whenever I order a takeaway but I don't want people to know that's why I'm sat there watching for, for the takeaway because yeah. you know people don't do that but you know when you're hungry you're hungry you've got to look yeah. out the window to see what you got I've got one of the ones that you can move as well so I can literally track it coming down the street that's um, nice yeah yeah it is yeah definitely so that's that's well that's two really cool things so uh, I hope your um, video doorbell captures a load of of happy memories going forward as well Beth it's been great to have you um come on I'm really pleased that we've got you to come on here ever since we started working together I thought that you know you're so honest and open about what you do and and how everything else comes back and I'm I'm hoping it's been really enlightening for those who are perhaps considering it or have done it to get to know yeah. somebody a little bit more so um at this point uh over on Twitter you're you're is, is it Arbor Beth yeah Arbor Beth is over on twi- Twitter you're on um LinkedIn now yeah. I'm going to say, say your spell. I'm going to say your surname wrong here. So it's Beth Mocrini. No, bang on. That was good. Yeah. Ah, excellent. That's good to know. <laughs> um, on on uh, on a LinkedIn, and obviously they can phone up Arbor and demand to speak to you, um, yes. and about anything to do with Arbor. I encourage uh, them to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Beth, it's been great. I really appreciate uh, your time and your honesty. And um, I'll catch up with it. I'll catch up with you at BET because I know you're going to be at BET next week, aren't you? I am. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. And um, yeah, see you next week. Come and come and get a drink on us at Tapa Tapa. See you there. I 100% will. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thanks, Matt. Bye. Bye. listening to the podcast this week i hope you've enjoyed it just a reminder that you can reach out and connect with me on various different platforms you can follow me on twitter at msetchel you can find me on linkedin or you can visit my website www.mattian.co.uk that's m-a-t-t-i-a-n.co.uk where i'd be happy to hear from you thanks for listening see you next time Yeah.